Welcome to this edition of Clarence Street Stories, a podcast about business and people in business. We talk to self-employed people running their own businesses to get a sense of what it's like to work in Ireland today in the self-employed sector. Michael Keeley is this month's story and he joins me now. Michael, welcome to Clarence Street Stories. Thank you, Eileen. Uh, introduce yourself first to me. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm an accountant by training and my business is called Company Solutions. And what I do through my business is I facilitate people to buy, sell, merge trading companies or I advise uh, individuals in negotiations with their banks, particularly on the lending situation and the insolvency situation. Because one of the things I did before I went into business was that I was a lender in financial institutions, so I see both sides of the road in that, in that regard. So you weren't always self-employed? No, no. I have self-employed for about 13, 14 years, but I had a career in banking before that, and I opted to, if you like, jump over the wall. <laughs> so what was that like, jumping over the wall? Uh, it was exciting on the one hand, and it was frightening on the other hand. Coming from a banking situation back in the year 2000, and having dealt with all sorts of lending situations for about 15 to 18 years, I felt... I knew what being in business was about. And there was a rude awakening when I when I went on my own. This absence of the social connection was the one thing. The sitting in the sitting in the um, in the office in your home and people knocking on the door, calling you to see how you were was a new experience. I didn't figure stuff like that would happen at all. And um, very luckily, I think for me, I met up with guys who were in networking groups and I subsequently joined one called B and I. And the amount of um, support, the amount of just little practical tips that you'd ignore and that would have passed you by in a large organisation were very, very useful. Mm. So How long are you in in I'm in being, I, I'm in since 2000, so that's coming on 14 years now. Pre-recession then? Yeah. Pre-recession, oh yeah, very much so. Mm. Um, through the boom times and through the ups and through the downs. And it's just you, doesn't you have nobody working for you or with you or anything like that? No, but I have associates that I, I refer business to. So when I get too busy, I refer on to others and I work with others in that scene. So, and that's one I've learned over the years. My attitude when I started out first was that I was going to grow in business. I was going to have 10 people employed. And thankfully, I didn't because I would have been in, in, in a bad situation in 2007-8 when... when the downturn came. And what do you enjoy most about being your own boss? I think it's the idea of being able to make your own decisions. I think the freedom to make my own decisions and the freedom to, to follow various hunches, various leads, various business opportunities. Uh, when I was in the bank, it was a rather structured organisation, slow to change, uh, and that used to frustrate me from time to time. The going to meetings and coming back to the meeting the following month, the following month, the following month, and still discussing the same thing used to frustrate me. I was much more, do it, move on, do it, move on. And that was the frustrating side of it. Is that a, a, a key characteristic of a self-employed person, do you think? To be honest, Aileen, I'd, I'd be loath to generalise about the key characteristics about a self-employed person because there are so many different types of people with so many different types of skills and so on. I find that in this corner I'm in, it is a characteristic of the people I deal with and the people I tend to get on better with and the people I tend to get my business from. But, for instance, in businesses like yours and in artistic lines and so on, I suspect you need different talents to to get stuff done, to get stuff across the line and to win clients. Mm -hmm. So what do you enjoy least, then, about being your own boss? You, You like the freedom... That's the big thing. But what about the, the downsides well, I, as well? I suppose the downsides are the... Well, 
initially it was the, the lash, lack of social contact. I was in big organisations, so you were never stuck for friends, you were never stuck for this, that or the other. And I'm not the best for keeping in touch with my old friends. So that's what I missed initially. What do I dislike now? I suppose what I dislike now is the hassle to get funds in. Um, you know, I'm, and that's, that's part of my, of my background training that I never had, if you like, and that I still struggle to. I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed from time to time to ask people for the money they owe me. Um, that's one thing. The other side, well, here's another thing, but it doesn't fall into the dislikes, which you understand, and that is I'm very poor, I think, at marketing my business. And I could sit at a desk knowing that I have to do it and find 101 other things to do rather than do that. And that frustrates me rather than a dislike. But that's, that's my confession over. Mm-hmm. And speaking of marketing, uh, you're in networking, you're saying you mentioned I'm in B&I. I mean, tell and people what B&I is. Well, B&I, it's, it's, a, it's a group, it's, a, it's a, a networking group, a business networking group set up by a chap in California in the late 80s and it's now in about 44 countries in the world and essentially what happens is you form a group of business people different in no two individuals in the same business form a group of business people and they're with a formal agenda who meet every week and the sole purpose is to generate business for each other now they do more than they do more than that because there's a mentoring there's a supportive thing that just happens when 20 business people are together yeah. but essentially it's to generate business they they have this this um, catchphrase givers gain which I think sums it all up mm. and you're also in other networks I think I am I'm in um, the the um, Dunleary Chamber network which which is is similar but not as formal as BNI and I'm in a variety of, of um, if you like informal networks mm. as well are they your main marketing uh, outlets then do you think you're marketing yourself by going to networks aren't you I am. I'm marketing myself and I get a lot of business from going to these various networks. I also lecture in my, in my spare time in various finance topics in Dublin Business School and to solicitors in the Law Society and to accountants through a company called OmniPro. And I pick up business there as well because they come across a chap who has knowledge that is of use to them and vice versa. What so kind of lecturing are you giving? Are you giving? I lecture in Dublin Business School to, um, on finance modules on the, the, the postgraduate, on the master's courses. Uh, for accountants, it's CPD, which is Continuous Professional Development courses, and similarly in the Law Society. You mentioned, we talked about the recession, you said you started up in 2000, mm. and the recession hit us all in different ways. How right. did it affect you? Well, the core business that I had was a business of buying, selling, merging companies. And I was doing that through a UK company called Diverco that I met before I left the bank. Now, they dealt with SMEs with employee numbers up to about 50 people. When the recession hit, essentially it was when the banking crash hit, as opposed to the recession in my case, when bank lending stopped, the business of helping guys buy other companies or sell their companies essentially uh, ground down to almost nothing because there was no uh, million euro, two million euro loans available to do that type of business. And that's been in place for about five years now. And we're waiting, 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 waiting for the doors to open and the lending to start again. Now... The diversification that I mentioned earlier uh, saved me. If I had been a one-service business, I'd have been gone. But because I was lecturing, because I was helping people in their negotiations with banks through my past experience, uh, because I had trained bankers to how to lend after I left, um, and because I had set up a, a, this company solutions logo that I, uh, business that I told you about, the business of buying, merging, selling still continued, but at a smaller scale among the self-employed individuals, some of whom ran 
ran into difficulties, some of whom had opportunities to expand. So I don't believe I've ever had um, an, uh, an intelligent idea in my life. I think I was just lucky. And this diversified scenario, which I had never foreseen, basically saved my bacon, to be truthful. So that's a key lesson you learned it, from the recession. Well, it is. Now, the difficulty is that if you diversify too much, you become a jack-of-all-trades and masters of none. So you've got to be careful in so far as you diversify, or you've got to have very supportive associates there to help you out as well. Mm. And I learned that by looking back. I didn't really see it going forward, to be mm. truthful. You have to learn to think on your feet as well. Very much so, very much so. Uh, Well, what I say is you trust your instincts. And initially, I listened to other people and went against my own instincts. And I generally found that my instincts were right and that the other people were wrong, particularly because the business I'm in is trust and confidence and expertise and so on. And uh, I I think you... As as you go through as you go through the the weeks months uh, years you begin to figure out exactly how to you know your sensors get more and more tuned into how to figure out mm-hmm. who the people you can relate to and who the people you can't. I was asking you as well. I sent a questions to you about your family and how yes. they support you because that was one thing I message I took away. I remember being very uh, struck by this about um, if you're self employed, set up your own business. Don't expect your family to mm. understand, mm. and then don't expect them to be supportive either. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Whereas I would have thought, God, you couldn't do this without that support. Right. What's your impression of that? No, I very much agree with you. I'm from a non-business background. Uh, both my parents were were civil servants. My mother was a teacher. My father was in the in the Gardaí. Uh, and uh, my close relatives are all non-business people. So while in, in because I'm a member of their family, they're supportive and they want me to do well. They really don't understand what I do. And they're really not in a position to pass me referrals and they don't have the connections and the lives they lead doesn't bring them across the connections. So they're interested to know how I'm doing and they like to see what I'm doing. But other than that, they don't know. Interestingly, uh, I had an uncle that I was close to. He was a priest. He died some years ago. He was the one guy who would ask me, and I thought, of all the people who wouldn't know my business, he wouldn't have a clue. But he was the one guy who, whenever I met, he would ask me and would have a discussion about my business for 10 or 15 minutes with me. And I found that hugely supportive, even though the man, again, wasn't in a position to do anything. Mm. So uh, I very much agree with where you're coming from. Mm. Uh, yes, people want you to do well, but you really have to wring their hands if you ask them for help. So, finally, what advice would you give to someone starting out on their own these days? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'd have lots of advice. I'm not sure that any of it is any use. Uh, From my accountancy and banking background, one of the things I'd say is try and have recurring business. Set up a business that has recurring business, like an accountant or like something like that, right? Try and have some clients signed up before you start. I've heard of people who leave large companies and then go on a holiday and then buy a car and then do something else and six months later they wonder why they have no clients. Try to under-promise and over-deliver. The expectation among small business people is that you will always do more than you suggest you'll do, whether that's right or whether that's wrong. So you've got to adapt yourself into that culture. Um, and the other thing is... is um, the basic thing of keep your overheads low. I'm sorry if it's all financial, but no, but uh, mm-hmm. keep your overheads low because uh, only uh, this thing of expansion, which was there in the middle of the, the first decade in the noughties, uh, brought a lot of people into difficulty. Um, I think if you cut your cloth, the old thing, of if you cut your cloth a little bit less than your measure, you'll do well. 
And finally, how do you switch off? Because I know oh. that, even for myself, I know when you're working for yourself, it is hard to switch off because I you're fo- thinking about things all the time. I found that very difficult in the start. Um, I was very enthusiastic. I was very keen to generate business. I was very keen to get work. So it went on seven days a week. Uh, I think the thing, the one thing that I can recall is, I can recall getting a call at about 3.30 on St. Stephen's Day one year from a client. And we were having a family Christmas dinner with the relations in and so on. And I can still see, even though it's quite a long time ago now, I can still see the look on my wife's face when my mobile phone went off and when I went off to take the call. And it was an unfortunate situation. I met the chap a couple of days later and so on. But from then on, I found that you, you, you cut yourself off from opportunities. You don't deliver your best work if you're working round the clock all day, every day. And probably from time to time you'll, you'll suffer adverse health effects. You'll pick up the colds and flus much quicker and so on. Um, and I think you're better off if you take some thinking time. I found it very difficult to train myself to do that. I think I've got it now. If you talk to my family, they'll laugh and they'll think it's ridiculous because I'll still check my emails at 10 o'clock at night. Michael Keeley, thanks so much for coming on Clarence Street Stories. Pleasure, Aileen. Thank you.